0: Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor.
1: If you don't like words like fuck and cunt then you probably shouldn't listen but if you do then join us while we fuck your feelings.
0: Welcome to episode 42. Is it 42? I think it's 42. 42. 42 and you're here with Nikki and Angel and Influenza B. We're in the sick bubble right now. Yep. Fuck. Oh, my God. I've been quarantined (laughs) to my bedroom for the last five days. Nikki's on day three. Three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But Calvin had it before that because he got it, like, it was the day after you got it. Mm And I took Calvin in because he had it. And it's just
0: all been a... Like, it's a fucking... Yeah. It's a shit rolling downhill,
1: man. It is. It's like, now I'm in, like, this big brain fog constantly. Oh, dude. Like, am I alive? Am I awake? Am
0: I not awake? I don't know. You've got a few more days left, on. too. That's fine. I to, I'm hoping to God that I don't get it again. Because if I get it again, I'm going to eat the business out of a fucking said 45. mom that
1: if you've already had it once, you're immune to that particular strain. Okay. However, <laughs> I think
0: you can get another, like,
1: even well, I don't a know, tidbit
0: my, off. My friend Jade got the flu. He was diagnosed in November and December. Was like, it the same strand? Day? Yeah. Oh, Like, God. he got it fucking twice. Oh. Yeah. Poor no guy. Wait,
1: I, the influenza A that I had a few years ago was way fucking worse. Supposedly, that's way like worse. the worst strain. I thought I was going to die. Like, this one is It's more stupid. of an annoyance. Yeah.
0: I don't know. That first couple of days, I was pretty fucking ill. As
1: long as I'm in bed and I don't have to get up, to stand up, to do anything, I'm fine. But the second that I stand up, I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) I'm dying. I weigh 8,000 pounds now. I know. My head.
0: (laughs) I felt like I was stuffed full of bricks. Every step I took was just like annihilating my energy level. I'm like, I can't do this. And my
1: neck is like uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like I've been working out a lot because it's so small. You see like, this? I
0: look like a pelican. Know, Eighteen <laughs> double chins going oh, on, even worse than I already had. I know. I did. How many fish ha- can you hold in there? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you how many cheeseburgers I can put in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same.
1: It's the same thing. It's the shame. Shame. It's the shame.
0: So, but this week isn't going to be very funny. No, we are touching base on a few things, gearing up for our meet and greet, uh, which is going to be benefiting domestic violence. Yes. And so today we're doing a couple of stories from our listeners.
1: But first but first. But first we're gonna plug
0: our awesome sponsor studio Sweden. Yes, for the over the head and earbud headphones that we have. Um, they've changed their website so you guys want to go to studio sudio.com to place that order. And the promo code for your 15% off is color me dead. Just so you guys know we got new ones. We got the earbuds, and I gave a pair to my husband, and then I'm I've got an extra pair that I think we'll do a giveaway later. I think that sounds like an amazing plan. So I think what we'll do is we'll think of some shumshing. Shumshing. Well, sh- we'll think of shumshing yeesh. and do a, a and do a giveaway. Yes, giveaway. yes. <laughs> yes, we're doing a giveaway. <laughs> um but spencer loves does the, he i yeah. to ask and he likes much. them a lot more than the ones that i gave you the lgs yeah because they're loose like they're yeah. not you don't have like a stiff apparatus neck. yeah and so you guys definitely want to go check those out get your promo code color me dead um and it get takes that
1: 15 off your order and they're
0: very affordable you guys and like in sh- the grand scheme of things and they're fucking amazing
1: yeah i really like the,
0: yeah they oh my god out of sweden Sweden. Sweden. We got ours in seven days from Sweden. From Sweden. I really like the over the ears and the only problem is if you're a parent they do cancel out every Everything. single noise. It's and It's so not you a bad be, thing. I know but you gotta be careful with that because silence is golden unless you have children.
1: You do because I've used <laughs> mine like if my other ones are dead or whatever I'll put them on and I didn't know that everybody was awake because I put them on before everybody woke up one day, and I was listening to a podcast, cleaning, making breakfast, whatever. I
0: didn't notice that everybody was awake behind me. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> oh yeah. god! I've I've been spooked a time or two. Eesh. Um. Also, you guys, uh, we're going to have the lovely ladies. Kayla Hegert. Hegert. And Jennifer Russi from The Purple Lotus be at the Meet and Greet as well. And they're going to have bath bombs and other such niceties. They have, they'll have a body farm and They'll have a- the Body Farm. There's Sweet Sticky Murder, The Bloodbath, and the Body Farm. They're gonna have those available for you guys at the Meet and Greet, which takes place this Saturday at the UNA Conference Center. And uh, it'll be from 10 to 2. We'll be doing a QA, we'll go live, we'll do some survivor stories. If you can't make it to the meet and greet and purchase there, you can actually go to squareup.com/store/the-purple-lotus-vernal, and you can purchase everything there. If you have special like international shipping, um, definitely reach out to the ladies because uh, they can do that for you. But you need to touch bases with them and let them know because you can't do it through the website because it's uh, U.S. only. Yeah, they've got to give you the shipping quote for mm-hmm, different. Yeah for different stuff um but again meet and greet come one come all come as you are (laughs) so uh yeah come come see us at the una conference center it's uh right in the heart of vernal 10 to 2 we'll start talking at noon with our q
1: a and our survivor stories which is all going to be rated r as everything is that we do but from 10 to noon if you want to come we'll try to keep it
0: pretty family family friendly i guess pg 13 ish
1: 10 to 2, or 12 to 2, though, it's It's, fucking on, man. Yeah,
0: dude, it's fuckery most foul. And so, you know, if you guys intend to come, um, just know that uh, anybody under the age of 18 has to be accompanied with a parent so that we are in the understanding that the content of the material that they will hear, you are okay with.
1: Yes. Yeesh. Yeesh.
0: Mm -hmm. It's going to be dirty, foul. (laughs) It's going to be us. <laughs> so, right? It's going to be Back. the Gloriaals of niche. Color Me Dead. So let's kick this fucker off.
1: Yeah. So first I've uh, got the definition of domestic violence before we get going, just so you know what it is. I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, but just to clarify, clarify, it's violence or aggressive behavior within the home, typically involving the violent abuse of a spouse or partner.
0: So, the first story that we're going to do comes from a listener that we are going to call Kay. Yes. And her shithole of a former boyfriend, Mitch. And fuck that guy.
1: Yes, and we were were given permission to use his name because...
0: Fuck him. Because fuck him. (laughs) Because if anybody hears this and recognizes the story... Fuck Mitch. And if you see him, hit him with a car. And I mean, don't just hit him with a car. Put that motherfucker in reverse and hit him again. And then again and then and again. And you'll be saving people's
1: lives. Really. In the grand scheme of things, you're saving people from fuckery.
0: Well, and not only that, but you'll be doing Kay a solid. Because she deserves that fucking retribution. Yes, she does.
1: Because, luckily,
0: she survived. She got out. She did. To start this whole thing off... She reached out to us and said, I've been a listener of the podcast for ages and I absolutely love it. I want to share my survivor story with you and everybody else. But a few people I know who I don't want to know the elements of my private life listen as well. So could you just refer to me as Kay? Thanks a heap. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to dive into one of the saddest fucking stories. I'm glad that it didn't escalate past the point that it did. Yeah. But... It's deeply disturbing some of the stuff you're gonna hear. So
1: And if anybody finds this in their relationship, maybe
0: take a minute and look at it and see if you need to get out. And and always know that there's places to go and people to reach out to. Always. Don't yeah. ever don't ever feel like you can't get away. Yeah. Um so this one is a story of psychological abuse and rape at the hands of a boyfriend whom she had been with for three years and basically it starts with Kay telling us how complicated the entire thing is because she has so many facets to her story because some people will look at this and be like okay well he was a fucker why didn't you bail well Because he plays mind games. They
1: play mind games, and they get you to stay. They treat you like shit one day, and then the next day they absolutely love
0: you. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's... She noted in the email that she sent to us that if she wrote this all out, that maybe it would help her feel better as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I truly hope that it did. I do, too. When you listen to this story, I hope, for her sake, that it doesn't dig up a bunch of crazy-ass memories and ptsd but thank you for sharing um so they started dating at the end of like like at the end of their high school year right so kind of she'd known him for a few years he was a friend of a friend um they were in the same year at different schools and they lived in kind of a small city like a country city um and this is very reminiscent of where we come from Mm -hmm. and so a lot of what she wrote was actually like it felt very yeah except for being able to get Shwasted at 18. No kidding. Well, you know that you can get fucked up at 16 in Mexico. Yeah. So, I guess across the pond, it's 18.
1: I was wondering about that, and then I realized that they were across the pond, and I'm like, oh, okay.
0: No, that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, because I was like, how is he 18 years old and drinking that much? I... Fucka, yeah I, what I the know. fuck I, I remember that i had to be cute no i didn't have to work hard to get booze
0: I'm neither did i i was wasted all the time the, yeah camp, they so. had it and i drank it like <laughs> it wasn't hard you just show up yeah i mean really um so anyway they went to different schools they lived in this small country city everybody kind of knew everybody we broke up in august three years later and i will forever look back at those three years with the curse of hindsight Fucking story of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very clear to her that she was in an abusive relationship once it was over, and I think towards the end is when like fucking light bulb. Yeah, and she's like, okay, this is not normal behavior. This is not where I want to be.
1: Well, and it's hard to recognize that too when they're playing mind games with you. When one day they treat you like complete dog shit and tell you this and that, and then the next day you're like, oh, I'm sorry, it's never gonna
0: happen again. I didn't. I didn't mean to. Right. And it became very clear to her that everything, like none of what happened was okay. Mm -mm. But she was in this relationship. She was young. She came from a broken home. Um, She says that she was a daughter who witnessed her mother be both an abuser and a victim of domestic violence. And she heard stories of her sexual abuse ever since she was a child. Now, when you're hearing these things and seeing these things, I think that you become acclimated to... The fuckery Mm -hmm. and so you're not looking at it from clear eyes no because you you
1: see that that's what happened to your mom or or happened when you were growing up and you're like maybe this is just how it
0: is oh this is this is fucking normal so even with all of these factors the hindsight told her there were many reasons that she stayed and didn't see or want to see what was going on and it kind of contradicts everything that she thought she would have like for herself Um, she was, she was, she is, she is a smart, educated, and logical girl. She would sit with her friends at recess and gossip, um, and they would talk about how if a guy ever cheated or, you know, if they did anything shitty, how they would leave and how if it was unhealthy, like, fuck that guy, but... Why is a girl so stupid for staying? Yeah, but then you get into this situation with a person that you think loves you and tells you all the right things at the right times and this is where you find yourself. So it became very clear to her, hindsight 2020, that he basically took away three years of her life and was manipulating her and molding her into the girl he wanted her to be. And she said, looking back on it, I hate myself for it. Baby girl, do me a favor. Get up, brush your shoulders off, look in the mirror, tell yourself how fucking amazing you are. And then flip bird to the bitch Mitch, and go burn his house down. I don't know. Or don't. (laughs) Don't, don't go burn his house down. He doesn't deserve it. Maybe, maybe just like, he doesn't deserve your acknowledgement is what I meant. Yeah, that too. She goes on to say that there were many warning signs and this is what stands out for her. For the first five or six months that they were together, he was like, nobody can know we're together. Because I just got out of a relationship with my ex-girlfriend, and I don't want to hurt her feelings. Right. Right. <laughs> he was like, nobody can know. I don't want to hurt her feelings. And Kay was like, well, that's really sweet that you're at least trying to protect her, and you're being thoughtful of her, like, being considerate and being thoughtful. Yeah. And, and it wasn't that at all. No. Not at all. When they saw each other... During these like hidden romance months, if he saw her, he would like walk faster, you know, try to get away from her, pretending he didn't even know her. He, she said, I didn't mind that he still took her to his graduation, even though we'd been dating for months. They'd been broken up for a half of a year. I didn't mind that he was talking to other girls all of the time, calling them when he thought I was asleep (laughs) because they were just (laughs) his friends. And who was I to say he couldn't have his friends? Okay, that's fair. But why do it behind your back? Why do it while exactly. you're asleep? Like, I don't care if my husband talks to other females. But if he was like texting and calling other females, should I call him while you're sleeping? Finger
1: quotes. Sleeping. sleeping. Except but, for come you on. know about us, it's fine. Oh, I know. I don't give a shit. We don't, we don't keep
0: it a secret. That's not a secret. Um, Uh I like how you refer to him as our husband. (laughs) Damn, our husband looks good. Bitch, I know. I know. (laughs) I knows it. (laughs) But these are things that, looking back, she now understands that those were fucked up things. Like, why would you keep a romance hidden? Why would you call your friends while she's asleep or behind your back or take your ex-girlfriend to your graduation even though you'd been broken up for Why can't she
1: go to his graduation? Just wondering.
0: Um, curious. 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 Very curious. Mm -hmm. She would later learn that he was telling other girls that he loved them, sending them little presents, asking him for like nudie photos while she was sleeping beside him. Is that not normal? Um... I mean, I ask everybody for a nudie pic. while... I, I mean, I that. I often text boys and men for dick pics.
1: <laughs> well, we well, my husband know that?
0: No, no, I do not. I just get them offhandedly. <laughs> you get the dick pics. I, oh I get the I get the marriage proposals. Can we fucking not with that? I know, and I try to be as gross as I possibly can to people. And you still get the dick pick. And I still... I'm like, dude, I am nasty as fuck. Like, do you have any idea how gross I am? I haven't Apparently shaved my they want to fuck you or marry me. I guess. It's like the fuck, marry, kill.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm the marry. <laughs> At least no, none of us are kill.
0: But no, like, I try to be as gross as I possibly can it's when I'm getting unsolicited. I know, I get unsolicited yuckies. They're like, no, I know what you're going to look like, girl. I'm like, I haven't shaved my legs in two weeks. And they're like... I love that about you here's my dick yeah and i'm like what the fuck i give no fucks i know
1: here's my dick have a dick i'm sure you'll shave it when my dick comes to you <laughs> if not i don't care
0: i know I, I, i'll rub I those hairy motherfuckers <laughs> i'm not kidding have you seen them
1: i am disgusting Ugh. i don't know how um... spencer
0: puts up with me it's the uh. meatloaf
1: yeah, I was going to say you do. in the fillet. <laughs> yeah. Fillet me at once. He doesn't need to see your hairy legs when you're filleting.
0: I know. There's a saying that she included in this email, which is very eye-opening. And it's basically saying that if you throw a frog into a boiling pot of water, he'll jump right out because the fucking water's hot. But if you put him in cold water and you slowly boil him, he'll just fucking sit there mm-hmm. and die because they don't realize... What the hell was happening? And that's basically where she found herself at it one point in time. It comes out of nowhere. You don't know what's going on until it's too late. And it was a situation where it was, she couldn't see, at the time, all of the things. Like we said, hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 Yeah. Um, she, you know, would hear how much of a good guy he was and how well-liked he was and, you know that kind of a thing, he was gentle and sweet and had a way of making everybody else seem like the bad guy if the, like, if the situation involved him. So, if it was, if it was a shitty throwdown and some gangster-ass shit went down, it was, oh, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Yeah, I was just protecting myself. I didn't do that. That was them. I just happened to be there. So, the fuck. Moving forward. She realized that, you know, looking back at all of the stuff, this was part of his man- manipulation, like, how he was grooming her, preparing her, molding her, and changing her. And, like, basically brainwashing her mm-hmm. into what he wanted her to be. Yeah. And removing, like, removing yourself from a situation when you don't realize how how it's going down. Like, how are you supposed to remove yourself from a situation until it's too late. Giving a little bit of backstory for Kay, we had talked about her, you know, her mom was a victim as well as an abuser, um, and she had seen a very toxic relationship um, for her mom and her sister growing up. Her dad left when she was around four years old, and when she was a teenager told me that he didn't love me now because he had a new family, and this kind of left her feeling like it was, you know, like, fuck, it was my fault that, you know, what did I do to make him not love me anymore? And... I think feeling abandoned by him affected her like the majority of her life. And she actually says it would affect how I constructed relationships and how I dealt with men in my life. And it almost made me feel desperate for acceptance and for the words, I love you.
1: And for a man, not speaking for her, but for a man to love you and want you to be his family, not be replaced by a different family.
0: Right. Right. That's and that's what an evil fucking shitty thing to say to a kid. Mm, I know. I can't even. C- can you fucking no, not?
1: No, yeah. God. Can, but can we just refrain from telling our children that we don't love, love them? them? Like
0: who who fucking says that to their kid? I don't know. I have a new family. I don't love you anymore. Kick rocks. What yeah. you piece of shit? She moves on with you know talking about how unstable home life was with like her mom. Um, She said that she knew she was suffering from mental health issues and was extremely unhappy. She had a very turbulent life filled with sexual assault at the hands of her own brother and the violence of her stepfather. This is her mom she's talking about. Um, She said, I know she tried her hardest and she loved me and gave me what she could, but she also showed me alcoholism, drug abuse, and neglect. I watched her verbally abuse her boyfriends, my sister, and me. She developed crippling self-esteem issues just like her sister, and we privately both struggled with self-harm and eating disorders her mom would go on to beat the windows out of a car with a meat tenderizer and tell Kay that she needed to be a size 8 or nobody would ever love her, which in the United States is a size 4. You, just so everybody's fucking clear on this, the average size of a woman in the United States is like 12 to 16.
1: Yeah, and people can love your fat ass
0: too. Clearly. Clearly. I got yeah. married. I, I got one. I got one. <laughs> we both got one. I'm just saying, you don't have to starve yourself down to a four. I'm sure a four is lovely. But don't ever get that in your head that you have to be that
1: size. It's your fucking personality, not your size. If somebody's going for you for your size, fuck them.
0: Dude, even at my biggest, I was like 265 pounds, and my husband was still like, rumph. Yeah. So, oh, Yeah. He was. <laughs> Even when I, like, I literally looked like Violet from Willy Wonka. Violet, you're turning violet. just just huge little roly-poly bug. And Spencer's like, can't wait to get home to you. I was like, damn. Give me some of that. <laughs> no, he didn't give a fuck. No, he still doesn't. Clearly.
1: Yeah. See, so there are people you just don't go for. It. If somebody cares about what size you are for anything other than your health... Fuck them. Not the good kind of fuck them. Bye.
0: Bye. Go fuck yourself. This is me. Tombstone. Well, bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, and you, and I, you should never feel pressured to look or be or feel any way for anybody. Yeah. Ever.
1: No, I got told that growing up by Certain people, and then later on, when I was in a marriage before, he would tell me that I had to be a certain size, and I was too fat, and I had to do this and had to do that. What the fuck did my size have to do with who I am? And I was like a twelve at the time, and for my hips and ass, a twelve is a good fucking size. I was gonna say I'm not even a twelve, but I'm built yeah. like
0: a brick shit house. And I got, like a boy.
1: I got the biggest ass you've ever seen. So to put that in a size twelve, it looked pretty goddamn good. And he would tell me what how fat i was and i needed to lose weight and i needed he was just a dickhead total yeah, was. fucking dickhead
0: oh i Not, could i could write my own story oh i know about him back to her mama she kay saw her mom punch and kick her sister as they got older and they were trying to find happiness with a man or her mom was trying to find happiness mm-hmm. with a man this one would send her to the hospital with broken ribs throw her through doors almost broke her arm um, and all of this is important because these are the stories that you hear that she would hear about people who end up in shitty relationships because of their childhood and never, never realize like how it all started.
1: Well, you can tell yourself that you're not going to be that person that's not going to happen to you. But it, when it's happening, you don't know. Like she said, like the frog thing, you don't know what's going on until one day you're like, oh my God, this just happened. Now what? Now What? What did I just let happen? And then you hate yourself because you let it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's...
1: So what do you do? I still beat myself up over it. And mine ended... How long ago was that? I was 24. That was 13 years ago. Yeah.
0: I I only had one relationship ever. And it was like 2010 to 2012. And it was like an on-again, off-again thing. And it wasn't ever like physical abuse. It was mental and emotional. Yeah. And I still, like, I get down on myself for... Because I... Shit, I was still paying for it clear up into 2015 when I got fucking married because the piece of shit ran up a credit card bill for me. Yep. and so ooh, I'm still mad about that. But when I look back at it, I'm like, why the fuck did I let him do that? Why? Because
1: of their slippery little words. They're like fucking snakes. Slippery little snake.
0: Sneak a little slippery little sl- snake. Sl- snake. <laughs> um. God. So. Back to the relationship. Aside from the less than perfect way that he handled things the first few months, she thought everything was going really well and she was happy. Now, when she turned 18, she remembered going out to a local pub to have a couple of drinks. We drank, we made our way to the club. I thought, you know, I was somewhere between being drunk, truly enough to celebrate my first legal weekend, and sober enough to make it to my new job at 9 a.m. the next morning. She went to McDonald's on the way home. Now, her dude, Mitch the bitch... I like it. Fuck that guy. I still, like... I would like photos of him. If I ever, ever, ever fucking see this dude, I'm gonna punch him square in his fucking gob. Well, they're a little... They're like 5,000 miles away from us. It's yeah, but I'm, flying. I'm... I know, but I'm going there this summer. Oh, oh, shit. I didn't know that. So anyway, they're cruising about... They go to McDonald's. Now, Mitch the bitch has asthma, and sometimes it's triggered by drinking. So she's trying to grab food, and she's, you know, trying to comfort him, and she's like, hey, you know, do you want me to get you a water or some food or a drink? Like, what can I do to make this better? And he, like, face goes dark, eyes change, demeanor changes, and he is fucking, like, his whole expression just went super scary, so he goes completely silent, like, scary silent, grabs her by the fucking arm, and, like, like, dragging her, twisting it, grinding into her, digging his fucking fingers into her, pulling her home, and she's crying, like, really, really crying, and he's screaming in her face, spit landing on her, I mean, just calling her names, and I like saying how she had emasculated him by offering to get him something at McDonald's and all she was doing was caring Mm -hmm. so he's like shaking her by the arms Hulk like grip, fucking grabbing her dragging her home so that night Kay cries herself to sleep and the next day wouldn't you know he's sorry
1: I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to act like that. I would never act like that to you. Normally, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't my
0: fault. Mm-hmm.
1: It was the alcohol.
0: Hmm. Which I'll I'll give you that. Like I've I've done some weird shit. Oh, I have. When I'm boozed up, I have. I have. Oh my god. Shit. Um. So just so you guys know, hundred proof vodka ain't nothing to fuck with. Because one night I got so drunk that um, oh my god. I got so drunk, I got out of bed, and my husband looks at me and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I throw a towel onto the floor, rip my jammies off, and start taking a pee. While staring him dead in the face. That's my favorite fucking part. <laughs> and I'm, I'm staring at him and I'm like, stop staring at me. And he's like, are you peeing on the fucking floor? And I was like, I put a towel down. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you nasty bitch. Like, get up, take that, go put it in the washer and go get the carpet cleaner. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I got up the next day. I had no recollection of anything I had done and that's why we don't drink 100-proof vodka no more. No. No. No, ma'am. Because <laughs> he was like, you do that again, I'm going to rub your nose in it and put you outside like a bad puppy. And I, and I had up no... on the tether. I, I vaguely remember doing it, but I, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, some people can say... I don't know, I was drunk. But this is not one of those times. No. He said that she made him feel bad by offering to take care of him. What
1: a horrible bitch.
0: I know. Shame on you, Kay, for giving a fuck about Mitch the bitch and trying to take care of him while he's having a fucking asthma attack. As he's making himself the victim, the fucking fingerprint bruises on her arm are getting darker. You know, tell me more about how she's the fucking bad guy.
1: Yeah, and how masculine did he feel after that?
0: Oh, you're so fucking tough. Because you have sure, to be pretty fucking tough.
1: I'm sure people thought less of him when his girlfriend was trying to help him out than they did
0: when he was dragging her out by her fucking arm. Hmm. I don't know. Who knows? So fast forward a few weeks, and they're out on the town again. She's on the dance floor. She's dancing. Whatever music was playing in the clubs in 2012, we should fucking look up some hits from 2012. We should. And play them. She hadn't seen Mitch the Bitch in a while. So she goes looking for him, and he's outside, and he's arguing with one of the security guards or, like, one of the bouncers. Weird. So... Oh, fuck. how? But I'm sure it wasn't his fault. I could have never seen that coming. Oh, no. She goes outside, and he starts yelling at her. He couldn't find me in the club. He thought I left. He went out looking. The bouncer wouldn't let him back in. He grabbed me, said that they were leaving, and all the while she's fucking apologizing.
1: Yeah, because oh I w wh- why couldn't he see me? I'm
0: feel so bad. I was just dancing,
1: but I don't know why he couldn't see me. I shouldn't have left him. Shouldn't have left his side. Cause we don't leave each other's side when we're out. No. Come the fuck on. If you're if
0: you're on the dance floor rump rump shaking with your friends and he fucking disappears, that's like his problem. it's that's his fucking problem. Not yours. Not hers. She's having a good time. Like who said that we had to fucking hold hands and skip merrily through the fucking club together? Phones. Jesus Christ on a cross. I know. That was a heavy eye roll for
1: anyone who could not see. Which is all of you,
0: but all of you. But she just eye rolled so hard they rolled
1: down her spine (laughs) off her big ass. Yeah, I saw (laughs) my whole ass, which isn't hard to see, but
0: I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. (laughs) he grabs her and he's like, we're fucking leaving. Now she's apologizing this whole time. I was sorry he couldn't find me. I was just dancing with our friends and he didn't see me. So he starts accusing her of lying and she's not understanding like what the fuck is going on right now. His friend was hanging back, not wanting to get involved in the fight, but we're sitting. So this is what she says. We were sitting on some stairs in the dark between two buildings. He was yelling and I was crying. He was getting angrier and he lifted his arm and brought it towards my face and his friend caught his arm. I heard the friend say, what the fuck are you doing? I heard both of them yelling. His friend made a threat. If I ever see you going to hit her again, man. And the threat trailed off. But for now, I was safe. The next morning, it's the same fucking routine.
1: I'm so sorry I was drunk. I didn't mean to. You know that's not me. I don't
0: do those kinds of things. As the story progresses, he starts drinking all of the time. And she just thought that it was like normal for 18-year-old dudes to be bum-wasted all the fucking time. And she notes that he doesn't have a job. And so he's on welfare. And he would be spending his welfare money on cheap bottles of wine or on, like, cases of wine. Like, big casks of wine. Or cheap beer or rum or whatever. What is a cask of wine? cask, like a gel. Oh, I thought it was supposed to say cases. No, cask, like big fucking like the, what do we call them? Uh, magnums. Like the big fuckers.
1: Yeah, if I'm going to go, if I'm rolling cheap, I'm going to get a box of wine. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's ours comes in I a like fucking, best.
0: ours comes in a plastic bladder stuffed in a box that's with a little my spigot. <laughs> favorite kind too. Not that I can drink it anymore, but that's my yeah? favorite. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, because we're so Moscato. Oh mm. yeah dude i like the moscato champagne like mimosas yeah yeah
1: that sounds pretty good i can down a bottle of moscato not anymore
0: so he's spending all of his money on booze and just staying drunk doesn't have a job not doing a fucking thing well as
1: an 18 year old male should you know has a hard time finding a job
0: right fuck get up off your dusty ass mitch Fuck you, Mitch. Get a job. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck it, Mitch the bitch. <laughs> they end up moving in together. In the mornings, they would find, they being Kay and the roommate, because they moved in with a friend, would find empty wine bottles in the kitchen, um, and Mitch the bitch would lie and be like, oh, they're not mine. He'd stay up all night playing World of Warcraft and drinking, and Kay is now paying for, like, almost everything, she even lent him $2,000 to get a fucking car.
1: And she's not very old. Like, $2,000 is a big fucking deal. Dude, $2,000 is a big fucking deal to me. me too. And I'm 37. And she's like 19, 18, 19. Yeah. not where we're she's at now? she's 18.
0: And so, c- c- could you imagine? Because she's busting her ass while yeah. this fucking lame shit is laying around being a fucking whino all day. And she's giving him money for a car. Two grand for a car. Good on you for being a sweetheart. Fuck him for being a prick. She would go on to talk to their housemate all the time, like about the drinking, his lack of job, or even trying to find a job, because at this point, it's pretty apparent he's not fucking trying. And it would upset her, but she wasn't the kind of person she says. She's not the kind of person that could go and tell somebody what they could and couldn't do. And so this just went on for like months and months and months. Here's where shit really started to like curl my fucking toes. It's been curling my toes since it started. Well, yeah, because I've been there. But this one, this is where I'm like, I fucking hate this dude with a passion that burns so deep inside. And it just gets worse and worse as we tell the fucking story. She wakes up in like excruciating pain, like the worst pain she's ever fucking felt. And she can barely walk and she'd been sick from work a lot because she had hurt her back like a month or two ago. And her boss had made note that he was like getting sick of her taking time off. She didn't want to miss work. So she's like, maybe if I get there and they see how bad this is, then they'll let me like go to the hospital or whatever. You know, they'll let me go home. So she rolls over and she's trying to wake up Mitch the bitch. He's like swatting at her. You know, take a and cab and let me sleep. It's
1: probably better that he didn't take her anyway because he's probably still drunk.
0: Who fucking knows? He'd been drinking all night, wouldn't get out of bed. She's crying and shes just, he's like, ah, fuck it, take a taxi. So she calls a fucking taxi. This blows my fucking mind because she's trying to wake him up to get a fucking ride to work even though she's like in crippling pain. And he's like, ah, no, just get a taxi. So she gets in the fucking taxi. Taxi driver is like, yo, you need to go to the fucking hospital. And Kay is like, no, I I really need to like go to work and make them see that I'm sick. That I'm sick. Yeah. So by 9 a.m., she's in the fucking hospital with appendicitis.
1: Fuck that. I can only imagine what that
0: feels like. I've never had it, but Uh, my brother's almost burst. It sounds horrible. And I've never seen him in that kind of pain. Mm. And he's been run over by a car. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. So let that fucking sink in. So by 9 a.m., she's in the fucking hospital with appendicitis about to burst. And her mom comes. They call him. They leave messages. She's still in the hospital. Late that afternoon, as they're, like, prepping her to go into fucking surgery to have her fucking appendix removed, he finally fucking shows up.
1: Oh, hi. Oh, Hi. hi, Mitch. He's got a bag from EB Games because he had to stop by and get a fucking video game that just went on sale that day, and he had to get it before they sold out. And he had to make it to the fucking booze store.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. What the fuck? So here's my girlfriend. You want him getting the shakes while he's at the hospital with her. So here here she is. She's getting prepped to go into fucking surgery. He's got to go get Animal Crossing. Because Mitch the bitch is a fucking turd nugget of a human being and had to go get booze before going to see his girlfriend who possibly could have fucking died yeah
1: if you're okay i get that he might need some booze to get through the day i'm not saying it's okay but if he needs some wait till she goes into
0: surgery and then go like she'd never know you left come on motherfucker didn't even apologize for not getting up to help her in the morning why
1: would he he doesn't give a fuck no he didn't give a shit he got his video game. She should apologize that she didn't go get that for him while he was sleeping.
0: Oh, you know, while she's fucking dying inside slowly, but surely. That night, she's dosed up on morphine, laying in her hospital bed, and she gets a message from a guy that she used to hang out with, like, two two years prior. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that he felt sorry for telling me, but he felt like he had to, and, quote, finger quote. Finger quote. Your boyfriend has been asking my sister and my friends for naked photos. Oh, good. Because
1: when you're in pain and on morphine, you need to get messages like that.
0: I've just had one of the worst days I've ever had my entire fucking life. I definitely want somebody to message me and tell me that my boyfriend is scummier than I already thought. She calls one of her friends, and she's like, who, uh, like, assured her, like, no way, he loves you, that's gotta be a lie. And, you know, Kay starts crying. Obviously. Like, distraught. Well, I called another friend who he... This is what it says. I called my other friend, who said nothing for a really long time. Then she started crying. She told me that a week or two beforehand, he had sent her messages asking her for naked photos of her and please not tell me. She said that she thought it was someone on his account, one of his friends. She told me that for weeks she'd been terrified of telling me, worried she'd hurt me, or make something of nothing. He arrived and denied it.
1: Mm -hmm. He's clearly fooled everybody into thinking that he's this amazing human right. while he's trying to
0: get t- titty pics uh, yeah, or get, vague try, pics. Try, trying to get nudie photos yeah. from people. He finally starts to admit to some shit. Like, she's, she's like, hey, motherfucker. Like, are you really asking people for nudies? And then he admits to one. And then two. And then three. And he apologized and was like... You hurt your back. I needed to get it somewhere. Oh my god! Because she had hurt her back, and was unable or unwilling, either way or both, to fucking. Because when you're in pain, yeah, because when you, yeah, when you fuck your back up, the first thing you want to do is go home and get railed. God damn it! He's like, well, I had to, you know, I have fucking. Use a good conditioner in the shower. I know, like Jesus Christ, there's vitamin E cream sitting on the goddamn counter. Yeah. Go give yourself a rub and tug real quick. I know it's only three strokes till you get there. But if it was him and he was hurting and she wanted sex, he would
1: treat her like she was a piece of shit. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that wouldn't fucking fly. Hell no. He goes on to be like, well, I needed to get it somewhere, right? And I didn't want to annoy you with it. So this is what I did. But (laughs) I know. Kay recalls that one of the girls was in the very beginning of their relationship.
1: Oh, shit. So, it was
0: prior to her even hurting her fucking back. And he's, like, promising he won't do it again. He promises no more alcohol. And they traveled to Newcastle for a week to spend some time with her sister. No, she traveled to Newcastle. Alone, without him. And it was kind of like a week to think. And whether or not to decide if she was going to separate herself from Mitch the bitch. (sighs) Which... Everybody said all the same things that they're supposed to, you know, what he did wrong and to be supportive and all of those things. But, you know, she's trying to mull this around and, like, roll it around in her brain and think about whether or not anything's going to be the same. Excuse well, me. While
1: she was in Newcastle, she decided that they were going to work it out.
0: Right. Why? I don't know. I've been there before. I can I, say so why about, I want. Dude. Now, she talks about... Looking back through my rose-colored glasses, in this moment, I regretted the most. I could have saved myself a year and a half of the worst type of my life. I could have left my cheating boyfriend behind, who knows where I'd be right now if I had.
1: Don't beat yourself up about that, though. Don't.
0: Mm-mm. Don't. Don't dwell on that shit. We've all fucking done some irrational things. Unfortunately, the heart and the brain don't always communicate. No. And the brain is logical, but the heart wants what the heart wants.
1: And as women, we try to make things work, make things good,
0: and make things better. And to fix it. I can fix it. All I need is some WD-40 and some fucking duct tape. I fix it. Or... Give me some Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. I got this.
1: What can I do to make him happier so he won't treat me like this anymore, if you're me? That's my case.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... It's one of those things where we exhaust ourselves trying to figure things out and she's mulling over like the tendency to dwell on things and she's kind of going over like, should I have left? Did I make things worse or are things going to get better? Should I have taken my way out? It didn't make her feel better, but it made her feel worse. Somewhere along the line, she read that it takes on average 7 to 12 events before someone in an abusive relationship will leave for good. And that should have been her. That's what she says. Now, I'm going to read this word for word. I don't like being a jealous person. And even though he had given me every reason to be, I think I wasn't too bad. Right after the hospital, I wanted to give him the biggest chance possible. So I didn't snoop at all. About a month after I was discharged, I was playing a computer game on his computer like I had a thousand times before. I decided to log into my Facebook and clicked on Google. Good God. Good God. Woo! Clicked on Google Chrome. Turns out he had minimized his Facebook, which he was logged into. He had an inbox open from a girl we knew. We didn't know her well. She worked at the local game shops and we'd been friendly with her and shopped there before. The message wasn't bad or suspicious, suspicious. It just said, what? Question mark. What was suspicious was that there were no other messages in the inbox. Either she was messaging what out of the blue to someone she barely knew, or there had been other messages beforehand that had been deleted. All of my money went on the latter. Duh. If you're just chit-chatting with somebody, you don't delete not you, you just get a fucking message that says, what? 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 I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Can you do that? What? can you just like delete fucking your messages out of messenger i think so i don't know i want to try it
1: i have every message i've ever sent on messenger <laughs> i i don't
0: really delete much of anything I because don't either. i'm one of those people but i want to see if i can do that my thought is he was probably reaching out to this female oh yeah and probably asking for nudie photos and he went to the game place before... She going. even had her fucking surgery. Yeah. So that he could get Animal Crossing. Guess what, you loser-ass piece of shit? That's a game for, like, kids 12 and under. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't even know what that game is. Oh, I do. Because children play it.
1: Well, he is a child.
0: Now, while she says, you know, I don't like being a jealous person, neither do I. And I do, on on, on occasion. Like, I, I won't deny the fact that there are things that I'm like, ooh, and it'll strike a chord. Not anything specifically that my husband does, but I'll see things. We've been at the bar or in the mall, and I've seen girls "Mm," and crank their head and take a look, and then I immediately get jealous. Yeah. Not because of anything he's done, but because I'm like, bitch, back off. Motherfucker, that's mine. I'll pee on it if I have to.
1: I'm not jealous, and maybe that, I don't know, I wonder if that's, if there's something wrong with me, but I'm not jealous, because I feel like if, if he's gonna go, he's gonna go.
0: Oh, mine's not going anywhere. Yeah. He's held my hair while I shit my guts out and puked in a trash can, and he held the trash can, so.
1: I don't know why I'm not jealous. I'm like, I know that he wants to be with me, so why? I
0: don't know, I think it's just that, like, fiercely protective, like, lioness thing, and so, when I see a herd of bitches like turn and look at my dude, I'm like, I'll fucking shank every last one of you. I don't care.
1: Oh, and I'll be like, waving. <laughs> I'll be like, guess who he's with?
0: Me. Oh, I'll not do you. that weird thing where I like make him sit down so I can lick him. Ugh. Yeah. It's mine. He's mine. Like Milo not and yours. Stitch. Ugh.
1: Yeah. Mine. I used to be super fucking jealous, like so incredibly jealous that I couldn't handle them looking at pictures on about other chicks or like oh, I don't care about that the first time I was married yeah the first time I was married I was like why do you need to look at that when you have me what the fuck is going on like I was so fucking jealous but that's but a whole you... other story yeah, I was, if also you... wasn't allowed to leave the house without
0: asking him so. yeah but if you stop and think about the shit he like planted in your head yeah you know what I mean so this kind of opened up a pattern of lies and deception that would span the rest of their relationship and she would always find messages from girls popping up You know, he would answer a question and then quickly delete it. And so if that's not sketchy and suspect as fuck, Mitch the bitch was doing some shady shit. Much later, she would find out um, a message from a girl that he knew back in high school and he was asking for bikini or underwear or nudie photos. Who
1: does that? Yet again. I just want to know, do you you like warm it up first? Are you like, hey, how's it
0: going? Can I see your titties? Hey, I know that we haven't spoken since graduation, but it'd be really great if I could see your fucking minge. Or do the air the...
1: Let like, me see your pish flap.
0: Yeah.
1: Fucking gross. Or are they just like send nudes? I don't know because I get
0: unsolicited... Dick pucks. Yuckies. You're so lucky. I am not. I hate that shit. Here we have Mitch the bitch. And he's obviously messaging other females and trying to hide his fucking tracks. Now, while Kay was not a jealous person, he was. Well, of course he was. Go fucking figure. Project your shit. Because for some reason, for someone who had been cheating the duration of the relationship, he was extremely jealous of everything she did and very controlling. Now, this is actually pretty fucking common. Yeah, it is go fucking figure he would tell her who she could and could not talk to who she could hang out with it didn't matter like it didn't matter if she was talking to a member of the opposite sex he was like not fucking happening it could have been a fucking cousin brother uncle daddy but it didn't matter who she was talking to if it was a member of the opposite sex it created an argument been there yep and it was one of those situations where she actually wanted to go to a concert and she wanted to buy these faux leather leggings. They were really in style at the time. Mitch the bitch, through the fucking shit fit, said I wasn't allowed to wear them because they were too slutty and people would look at me. Everywhere we went, he would hold on to me and his arm was always around me and he would never let me go. Listen here, you insecure piece of shit. She would go on to say that he would make comments about her friends or other women that he knew if they cheated on their boyfriend or slept with a few different people he would call them sluts and badmouth them behind their back sometimes when I was feeling particularly brave I would challenge him on it why is it okay for other people to do that and not for my friends he was the biggest hypocrite I'd ever met he would say that how much he hated his ex-girlfriend with a burning passion because she'd been having cyber sex over email with another man he called her a slut evil and an irredeemable person but he was doing the exact same thing for three years to her. You're a redeemable person. Mm. Really?
1: What a deer's big.
0: So they moved to Newcastle. And she said that when we first moved to Newcastle, they stayed with her sister for a week or two until they found their own house. Now my sister at the time was out of town. So they had the house all to themselves. Um, We were watching a movie one night and he wanted sex. At this stage, she had zero sexual attraction to him. Like, she was verging on, like, that thin line between love and hate, I think. Even though she was still harboring a lot of anger towards the photos and the messages and everything else, she still wanted to try and make things work, which is probably one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Yeah. Because if you're no longer sexually attracted to a person, that's when you know. Like, there's no coming back from that. Once you view somebody as a piece of dog shit... She's still wanting to make things work, so she rebuffs him, and he keeps trying. At the end of the day, she ends up giving in, because it's easier to, to give, give in and fight it. than to fight him off.
1: She had to know, she had to have an idea of the mind games that would go on if she tried to leave, too, and I would imagine she weighed that out often. It was like, if I try to leave, look at what it's going to be, or is it easier to stay, or is it easier to go?
0: Should I stay or should I go now? Well, so she gives in. And what happens next is deeply upsetting. And it just gets worse from here, guys. So just so you know. Because she didn't want to make him angry or upset. And I think he was already there because he got very rough with her. Rougher than normal. And was hurting her and asked him to stop. And he didn't stop. She tried to pull away from him. And he just pulled her back and kept going. Mm Mm-mm. So, this is the first instance of rape. Yeah. Because once you ask somebody to stop and they don't, that is rape. Afterwards, she told him that if she ever told him to stop and he didn't, that he was never going to do it again. He said that she thought she was just playing in a, into a fantasy and... Kay thought, "Well, okay, maybe I didn't make it clear enough, and went to bed." Mm-mm. No, it's pretty fucking clear if you say, "Stop, no, don't." Yeah, that's those fair. are pretty fucking clear words. Yeah, Mitch the bitch continues on with his alcoholism. Never searched for a job. Kay was at a university part time, working part time for the both of them. While well, he stayed home, played video games, and got drunk. He lied to her all the time about how much he had on welfare, what he was getting, how much he was spending on booze, how much he was hiding it. She would find bottles stashed under the laundry sink or his desk because he didn't want to put him in the big trash for fear of getting caught.
1: She's gonna find him. She's not stupid. I know you're drunk all the time, motherfucker, but it's easy to find booze bottles when you're the sober one.
0: Bitch, I can hear him
1: clinking under your desk. Well, and when you're the one cleaning the house, you find that shit right?
0: Just saying. She says, after I kicked him out, I found more in the wardrobe, the garage and hiding and other hiding places. The lies ran deeper than I even thought. So they're alone. He would rarely let me see my cousin or my sister. The only two people I knew in Newcastle, unless he was with me. If I wanted to go alone, he would say I was abandoning him and that I shouldn't go. He would guilt me into staying. Sometimes friends would visit, like one year for New Year's Eve. I didn't want to go out with them, and I think this was because she was falling deeper and deeper into the depression she talks about. And she was so stuck and so broke that she couldn't do anything without him. Even his portion of the rent and food was, like, too crucial.
1: I can't even imagine wanting to go out after all the bullshit that he... No, So why
0: would you want to go out? No, if you don't feel good, if you don't feel good, you don't look good. If you don't look good and don't feel good, you don't want to go. But who doesn't want to go out on New Year's Eve? Like, or even have friends over. Yeah. I mean, even if I don't want to go out, I still want to have you over. You know what I mean? We might not do much. We might not make it till midnight. We'll cuddle and fall (laughs) asleep, though. (laughs) Cuddle puddle. Yep. (laughs) Wouldn't be our first time. Let's do this. (laughs) Give me a piece of pizza. (laughs) You want a cheeseburger off my face? (laughs) I'm not above it. it. (laughs) Not above it. She would go on, Kay would go on to say how he would control everything and was constantly making her feel guilty any time that she wanted to do anything that a normal young adult between the ages of 18 and 20 would want to do. She saved up her money and bought tickets to a concert. He didn't like the group. And didn't wanna go. Naturally, she's like, fuck it, I am gonna go. We do it. Like, fuck, you don't wanna go? All right, I'm taking my friend and we are fucking going. He doesn't go. She takes a cousin. The day of the gig, he's calling her phone, crying hysterically because he wasn't coming. And she's like, yo, you had plenty of opportunities. For me to get you a ticket, or for you to decide that you wanted to go, and you said you didn't want to go, and so... And then they sold out, so she couldn't, get Yeah, out. like, there's nothing I can do about it now, and I've already invited somebody else. Fuck off. The whole time, it was, you know, shit like, you'll be having fun, and I'll be staying home alone, how can you do this to me? Go fuck yourself. That's what you can do.
1: Yeah, you can sit there by yourself and you can fuck yourself because you know you're messaging other girls trying to get them to send you... Fucking nudie pics. I almost said dick pics.
0: (laughs) Dioc. I don't know. Maybe he does like a duck. Yeah, I don't know. Mitch the bitch, looking Mitch them dyaks.
1: The bitch likes the duck.
0: Was basically telling her what a teller, like what a terrible person she was for going out without him. What a whore she was. Oh,
1: you whore! I can't believe you went to a concert.
0: Oh my god! Shame on you! Saying that she would, you're killing me. No. You went out without me. You whore! You're killing me. I hate him. Mitch, I hate you. You know what? You dirty little rotten cocksucker. If you listen to this podcast or somebody's like, hey, I think they might be talking about you, we fucking it's are. You. And if I ever see you in public, like if I get a picture of you and I know what you look like and I'm traveling abroad, I am going to have my husband punch you as hard as he fucking can, can in the we face. Have
1: Spencer, send him a bikini pic.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> in like the Borat. Yeah, dude. Just his big bundle of love, fucking ready to rock. But I'm gonna have my husband punch you as hard as he can, right in your stupid fucking face. Yes. Yes. And he's Yeesh. a big motherfucker. So Yeesh. brace yourself.
1: Yeah, one of his punches. <laughs> I can't, I don't want to be on the receiving end of a Spencer punch because I would imagine it's like Calvin. Where he doesn't doesn't really know know how strong he is. (laughs) Because things are, everyone's smaller than he is. So if he he punches someone,
0: it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt real fucking bad. It's going to knock out all your fucking teeth, you little prick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She comes home after he's been blowing up the fucking phone while she's trying to enjoy her time. And he was just aggressive, cruel, and cold. And it went on for days. Like, she paid for it for fucking days, for having fun, for going out and trying to have a good time. He fucking treated her like trash as a punishment.
1: And all she ever wanted to do was be a normal 19-year-old and have fun.
0: She invited the little fuckhead to go. He's a cunt. Yes, you're a cunt. And not the good kind. No. No. You lack the warm and depth. You're a fucking... (laughs) You're a little bastard, is what you You're are. You're
1: a grilled cheese sandwich. A oh. cold grilled cheese sandwich cunt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking for real. Um You're a camping cunt. <laughs> you, you are a dirty, fucking, filthy meat flap of a fucking human being. Oh god. Pish flapsh glued together by the camping weld. Uh. Uh, oh god. <laughs> Because we both know what that is. <laughs> so you always bring baby wipes when you go camping. Oh, my God. Ugh. Kay can't do anything that a normal 19-year-old's going to do, and she's incredibly unhappy. No one knew really how deep the abuse had been running. Well, because you hide it. Yeah. She probably pretended like
1: she was happy and everything was okay. On the outside. You do.
0: You do that a lot of times. Yeah. You You're competing with the Joneses. You're trying to fucking... Well, and in my case, I didn't want to tell anybody
1: because I didn't want anybody to judge him. I wanted, you know, I didn't, I didn't want them to hate him just in case anything worked out mm-hmm. and be okay. So I wouldn't tell anybody what was going on until it was like way blown up. They're like, oh my God, why didn't you tell me? You're
0: well, like, well, here's the next sorted piece of this lease on our story to the outside world everything looked normal and perfect and they were just a happy couple well she was unable to hide the fact that she didn't want to sleep with him anymore go fucking figure Mm. he wants her to go to the doctor finger quotes let me let me fucking gear you up for this one because this made me fucking throw up in my Brace yourself sort out your pussy who says that
1: don't sort out your fucking self. I don't want to fuck you because you're a shitty human. Why don't you go sort yourself out,
0: bitch? Mitch the bitch says, you've got no sex drive. And Kay's like, yeah, you're right, because you fucking suck as a human being. Yeah. He's like, go to the doctor and sort out your pussy. Mm-mm. If a motherfucker ever says that and I hear it, I swear to God I'll take a golf club to his fucking butthole. Yeah. Yish. 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 Mm-hmm. Where is she? <laughs> Taking this golf club to your butthole, she? What the fuck kind of person says that shit? Mitch the bitch. Mitch the bitch. This was also he could fuck her some more. Well, of course. Yeah, go sort out your pussy so that I can get laid. She goes to the doctor. Kay goes to the doctor. And the doctor's like, well, maybe we should take you off the pill. Because she'd been getting migraines, she'd been having all these other things. And the pill is such a bitch. It fucks with your everything. The doctor was like, well, maybe this is part of your sex drive issue. And Kay was like, you know, it's not really. No. But she took her off the pill. Now, he refused to wear a condom. And this is where shit gets a little bit weird because she wasn't allowed to get the implantation rod because his last two girlfriends, finger quotes, went crazy when they had it.
1: I wonder if it's because they were dating him that they went crazy. I, I don't, don't know. know. Could you?
0: Could you imagine? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe you're the common denominator, bitch. Do the math, Mitch. Mitch the bitch. (laughs) I fucking hate this dude. I do too. My fucking anger is running so deep. I know him. I swear to God, I know him too. I'm like, my anger is running so deep. And I've read this story several times before. But when you say it out loud on the microphone, it just like brings it all to the forefront. It really does. She had to get some form of birth control, which went into her cervix. Now she wasn't comfortable with this, but he told me that I had to. Those are her words. He told me that I had to.
1: I'm sure that's the IUD, which is not a... I mean, it works for some people, but for somebody who doesn't, who hasn't had kids, it's painful. Very fucking painful.
0: I, my uterus doesn't work. So the only thing I've ever taken is the pill and it was only briefly.
1: Yeah. I've had all of these things. (laughs) I had the IUD, but it was after I had a baby. But for people who haven't had a baby, it hurts like a bitch. Just Mm -hmm. so you know, like
0: it's cramps for days and it hurts well he went on to tell her that like even though she told him she was like hey i'm not comfortable with this he said that she had to i never made the appointment because it scared me so much and he would often say how selfish and horrible i was for not wanting to get it inserted for him for him
1: because let's make everything about mitch
0: shall we do you wear a crown mitch please tell me You can't wear a condom, but you want me to have something full of chemicals, sharp and pokey, shoved into my lady bits, but you can't wear a condom.
1: Yeah. Fuck you. Are you fucking kidding me? Why don't you go fuck somebody that has
0: one in already, okay? And I hope it jabs you right in your pee hole. Yeah. Right up the urethra. Right in your urethra, you cock. Mm. You filthy bitch. Bitch. Kay had noticed that he stopped talking to his best friend who lived in Queensland. She kept asking why they weren't talking, but he was, like, dodging her questions. Here's why. Weird. Weird. Go fucking figure. Uh Apparently, Mitch the bitch, I'm going to keep saying it, and you guys might get <laughs> sick of it, but I'm genuinely hoping that somebody fucking reaches out and they're like, Mitch the bitch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep, you. Had been reaching out to home dudes. girly girl. And what was he doing? Asking for bikini pics. Asking
1: for nudie pics. Send nudes. Send nudes. It's funny when people send those gifts that say "send nudes," when it's their own lady. You're not send them to
0: other ladies, you other
1: people's ladies. You
0: don't you don't send them to your best friend's girl. No. He's been asking his bestie, bestie's girl, for nudie pics, and this pretty much led to. A complete shut off of communication, obviously. Weird. Obviously. Obviously. Um, And so at this point, it was so much that they had a huge fight about it and she felt so stuck that she couldn't leave. And he had manipulated her into thinking that his friends had asked about photos of her as well to make it like it it wasn't her. Yeah, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. I didn't do it. We both did. To try and alleviate some of that accountability and guilt. Boy, do I know a thing or two about people trying to alleviate their accountability. Uh, okay. Three months later, after one of his friends had told her about the photos as well, her cousin told me one night that he also asked her. This guy has no fucking shame. No fucking shame. No cooth whatsoever. No. She says, while I was at work... While I was trying to support us, while I was sleeping in the next room, it was around this time I stopped having sex with him completely. I was so drained and empty and emotionless. Go fucking figure, Kay. Every new girl who messaged him didn't make me sad or even disappointed. It was just another thing. I didn't even get a sinking feeling in my stomach anymore. It happened so many times.
1: That's horrible. That's,
0: that's, That's how fucking beaten and downtrodden. And that's a person gets.
1: what we mean when we say there are no fucks left to give. Nope. She had
0: none. Nope. She was, she was like, I, out of fucks. I don't give a shit. Um, around this time, they got really cold with each other. Um, unless he was trying to bang her, they barely spoke. So one time, they were on each other's computers in the study having an argument. And she was like, I couldn't care less about it. So I turned around and just started ignoring him. He stood behind me and punched my computer chair so hard that it fell over with me in it. I was so shocked and so scared. I said to him, you wanted to hit me. He said, but I didn't do it. I hit the chair because you weren't paying attention to me.
1: That's not okay.
0: Never. Oh, I didn't hit you. It's fine. I didn't hit you. I hit the computer chair. It's fine. This was the second time he had tried to hit her, but didn't. He never physically... It was never physically violent to her, except for during sex. Now, these are her exact words, and I'm going to read them word for word so that I'm not being accused of putting words in people's mouths. I like kinky stuff where there is consent. Bitch, me too. hmm And there is love underneath or after. hmm Agreed. Or-, or I can tell that the person cares. But how he would treat me, he would spit on my face, slap me over and over again. He would choke me, ooh, further than my threshold. Once he choked me so hard, I lost my vision and hearing momentarily. He told me that he couldn't hit me in everyday life when I annoyed him, so he took it out on me during sex because it was more acceptable. And that scared me. How is that more acceptable? It's fucking not! It's not. It's fucking not, ever. It's not... You don't fucking choke your girlfriend or your partner or your lover or your fucking wife until they are, like, passing out. You don't fucking... You don't keep going when they say, no, don't, stop. You don't fucking hurt them. You don't spit in... The, you spit in my fucking face. Oh, my God. I would flip the fuck out. I don't do spit. You spit in my fucking face and slap me? I am not... This is not fucking happening. No. Nope. Like... I feel so bad for this woman, so fucking bad for her. Mitch the bitch. And But this is where he felt strong. This is where he had control. Of course. So this is what he did. Now, he constantly reminded her that he had never hit her. And he used it as some sort of a defense as like to why he wasn't a bad boyfriend or like a shitty human being. He would say things like, I haven't hit you in two years, so why would I start now?
1: Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people do start years after.
0: They do. Mm. When she would say no to him about anything, it would escalate to points of like sheer panic. He didn't understand how this like violent relationship had started and she's starting to see it now. She's like, okay, this is fucked up. He had been getting more and more violent and abusive towards her with each month that went by. At this point, she was thinking he was the man that she would marry one day. And my immediate thought, these are her words, my immediate thought afterward is, is he going to start hitting me in a few years? He'd only push the chair I was sitting on, hit the wall next to me, or go hit himself to stop, but it was escalating faster and faster.
1: Yes, he was going to start hitting you,
0: just so you know.
1: Oh, absolutely. These are the leading signs
0: that they are going to start hitting you. So, because she had stopped having sex with him, Uh, Very often, it was the only way that she could try and have some kind of power over the situation. And he would repeatedly say awful things to her, like, call me a bitch. No wonder I ask for photos of other girls. Irrelevant in hindsight, because he'd been doing it the entire relationship. He would also say that it was my responsibility to have sex with him as his girlfriend. Responsibility? Okay. Mary. Responsibility. Maybe Maybe be a boyfriend that she wants to fuck. I don't know. Maybe your responsibility should be to, I don't know, get a job, help out, take care of your girlfriend, treat, treat her, her like, like a, a fucking human being. Mm, who knew?
1: But I don't know. And if you do that, then maybe she'll want to fuck you.
0: Reciprocate? It's a two-way street here, Mitch, do the bitchy? For real. Mitch the bitch believed that he was entitled to her body at any point. And he had proved that. Back when they first moved to Newcastle, he didn't really care about her protests or the complaints. He had gotten sex, and that's all that mattered.
1: He got what he wanted.
0: That's all he fucking cared about. And that's all he fucking cared about. He has
1: somebody to pay for his booze and his house and whatever.
0: His fucking video games, and he's got his welfare check to go buy fucking bullshit video games and his cheap bullshit wine and whatever. All he has to
1: do is just play mind games and keep her there.
0: Mm -hmm. Fuck her. Not fuck her. No, fuck her. Oh, fucker! I was like, no, fuck her. No, not a fuck her. Fuck her. You fucker, fuck her, You fucker. I'm going to go over there and just give her a great big hug and be like, you come home over here. We'll find you a good country boy tree, you right?
1: <laughs> I, I won't be the one finding it for you then. Mm,
0: maybe we should go over there and like, be like dating game and we'll find you a good one. Maybe you should be a lesbian. How you doing? <laughs> oh, Hey. <laughs> Oh, some, sometimes things come out of my mouth. I don't know. One day, and these are her words specifically, I remember so clearly. I was sitting on the arm of the couch while he stood next to the TV. We were arguing again about sex. He said really calmly, if I really wanted to, I could just take it and you couldn't do anything about it. Calmly just said it. I was horrified. I told him that was rape and he said, no, it isn't because you're my girlfriend. I could tell he didn't love me in the normal way. People love each other. He wanted to own me. He wanted to control me.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That he did. And he did. He has been for how long now?
0: Two years. She goes on to say that she stayed the night at her cousin's one night and he wanted to come, but I just wanted to spend the day away from him. And I flip-flop back and forth. I say her, and then I, like, read it in first yeah. person. I hope you guys get get all this, because, you know, it is what it is. Stay with my brain. Yeah, it's... A fuck. Squirrel! Yeah. So, she wanted to spend the day without him, and that was... God, she fucking deserved it. Yeah. Fuck. She was so excited, she was practically bouncing, bouncing around the car. Excited to drink, excited to see some old friends. The next day, I got home, and... There's Mitch the bitch, acting weird, cold, angry. I told him my sister had invited me out for a girls' night, and I wanted to go. He spent the next three hours telling me why I should stay. Fuck you. Do, do you know, Fuck you, Mitch. in all the ever, like, I don't go out that often without my husband, but when I do, he's like, bye. Okay, bye, have fun. Like, I get to listen to my podcast, paint, and, like, watch my own TV shows. See ya. Yeah. Like, <laughs> All right. But no, he would sit and try to guilt her into staying. Here we are, where she's so sick of being told what to do and what she can and cannot do without him saying, I don't want to be lonely. Well, message one of those 48 bitches you're fucking
1: messaging. You don't need to be lonely. You've got plenty on the back
0: burner, Mitch. Well, and she hadn't seen her sister in fucking weeks. And they
1: live 10 minutes apart.
0: Yeah. And so for two people... To live that, like, for siblings to be that close, it's a, and yeah. you're there, and you haven't seen them in weeks? Yeah. What the fuck?
1: That's like as far away as me and you live, and we see each other.
0: Almost every day. Yeah. Literally almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not even my sibling, but you should have been. Yeah. Yeah. You're a
1: poor fucking mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're poor fucking mother. If yes,
1: we were siblings, oh, God.
0: Whatever, my parents were never home anyway. She goes on to say that she couldn't tell you the last time she'd spent two days in a row out of the house doing something. So she left. And she left with him crying in the lounge room and went for drinks. Honestly, I didn't feel bad about it. Neither would I, Kay. Neither would I. I'd be like, bye, you little crybaby bitch. Bye, bitch. (laughs) Mitch the bitch. Bye. I'd have been, like, fucking throwing tissues at him as I left. Cry, bitch, cry. Fucking boo-hoo, motherfucker. <laughs> God. And, uh, anyway, the entire night, this is what he does. He fucking calls and he messages. And, like, in an obvious, obvious oh. attempt, obviously, uh, all, all I see is Snape, obviously. obviously, in an attempt to ruin her fucking night. Where are you? What are you doing? What are you drinking? Who, who are you with? Can I come pick you up? I miss you. Can, can I come? What time are you going to be finished? What are you drinking? What are you doing?
1: If a girl is ignoring you because she needs time, she needs fucking time. Don't call over and over and over and over
0: and over and over and over. And then it was her sister took her phone and was like, we're having a good time. This is what we're doing fuck Mitch the bitch, he can go to hell. But then it was him alternating between people's phones, trying to get her to fucking respond. And so they laugh, they drink, they're having a good time. It's her sister, her sister's boyfriend and a bunch of other people at the pub. They're making conversation. They're including a bunch of different guys and people that are around. I mean, she's not doing anything wrong. She's being social.
1: Yeah, it's okay to go, it's okay to go to the and bar you've and talk Have you seen me in the fucking bar? Oh yeah, you talk to everyone,
0: it doesn't matter who they are. <laughs> I am a social fucking butterfly. Can I, I follow make fucking... you and go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I make friends everywhere I fucking go. I can be standing in line at the grocery store, and somebody can have the same kind of kitty litter, and I'm like, oh, you got cats too? What are their names? And Spencer's like, you don't need to be friends with fucking everybody, and I'm like, yeah, but I can. I can. I can. How many friends did we make at Manson? Uh, so many. You did. I didn't. I do. I can't help myself though. The only one I care about is your brother and Jace. They were the finest. I know. People I love ever. them. I love Jason Kagan. Hi, guys. Hi. So anyway, she's having a good time. She's just making conversation, just talking. So they all go back to her sister's place. Well, one of them's vomiting at this point. So Oops. they must have hunter-proof vodka. Ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, I'm telling you. We've been there. You don't don't play. Don't play, Mitch. At this point, she gets her phone back, and Mitch has, like, littered her fucking phone with messages. Of course. She wrote him back and was like, we're at my sister's. I'm going to be staying here. We're still drinking. And he's like, no, please, let me come and get you. Come home. Come home. Come home. Now, had this been a sweetheart boyfriend, I'd have been like, all right, come get me. If you're sober, come and get me. But you're not. You're a piece of shit. You're Mitch the bitch. So she's like, no, no, I'm going to stay. I don't want to go home. She knew that if they went home together, it would be a fight the way there, the whole 10 minutes there. Oh, of course. And it would continue to be a fucking fight. And she's you fight just like, while you're drunk? Oh, mm-hmm. no. I'm just like, all I do is give fucking fingers. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I don't oh, have words. Fuck you. We're you're the fucking fuck. Guess what? Cocksucker. You're, you're stupid. <laughs> you're fucking. Your face is <laughs> slutty. <laughs> <laughs> you smell stupid. <laughs> you smell... <laughs> that sounds like something you and me would say to each other after we'd be, you smell stupid. <laughs> so she doesn't want to go home. Rightfully fucking so. She just wanted to postpone it for another few fucking days. I don't blame you, Kate. Mm-mm. And she just wanted to have a good night. So she lets her phone ring and ring and ring while he's calling. Now she had told him that she was safe, and her phone's ringing and ringing, and she's chilling out with these dudes talking about Batman movies and then sister's phone starts ringing again and then sister's phone starts ringing again and then hers and then sister's and it was literally alternating between the two phones trying to get to her now between the two phones there were 16 missed calls eventually she wrote back and was like I'm laying in bed with my sister we're going to bed trying to like get him to fucking stop and that's when he sent her a message that will ruin your fucking day no you're not I can see you come outside That gave my whole body chills. Yeah. Dude, we... No, you're not. I can see you. Come outside.
1: Let the girl have a fucking night to herself,
0: you cocksucker. Listen here. You fucking pole smoke. Chill the fuck out. She's not doing anything wrong.
1: (laughs) God. And if you think you want to keep her, don't keep doing shit like this, because that's just going
0: to push her farther away. So, she tells the room that he's there and she goes outside to meet him and he's being erratic, he's been drinking, he's screaming that he's been driving around for hours, I was looking at all the bars, trying to find where you were at, I've been over here for over a half an hour, I hate you Mitch, fuck you Mitch. He climbed to the fence and had been staring at her for all that time through the fucking kitchen window, watching her as, he ignored, as she ignored his calls while she was, like, interacting with other people. And he lost his little fucking mind. God. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're a whore, Mitch. You're a fucking dirty piece of shit.
1: But you can message people while she's sleeping right next to you, asking to see their vagina. And that's okay. Yeah.
0: But God forbid she talk about Batman, Batman. movies. Batman. Fu- uh, fucking Batman. It, it was all right until
1: we got to Batman. Don't talk <laughs> about Batman. It means you want the dick.
0: Listen, Kay, you can't talk about Batman, right? Apparently, that's a fucking trigger word. <laughs> Jesus Christ on toast yes. with Vegemite. <laughs> with Vegemite. With a Vegemite. <laughs> a Vegemite Jesus Christ toast. <laughs> I fucking can't with this dude. She's in total shock. She told him that she was allowed to talk to people and that he was being unreasonable to follow and call the way that he was. And I fucking agree because 16 Mm. times in a row is pretty fucking... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. He grabs her by the fucking arm and he's trying to shove her in the car and she doesn't want to go. He's drunk. She's fucking been drinking. And she says that I have never seen him like this and was genuinely scared of him. He was yelling and spitting and hitting my face and kept trying to push me in the car. My sister's boyfriend came outside to check on me and told Mitch to go. I told him to go as well. He said, if you don't come home with me right now, we can never move past this, and it will be the end for us. Thank fucking God! God. Bye! And she says, I agree, and I'm staying here. Bye, bye. Oh, fuck, good for you, Kay. Good for you. So he leaves. Well... The next day, she goes home. He's not there. She calls her cousin, and she's like, hey, I had to break up with him because he scared me. This is what went down, and she agreed. She's like, yeah, fuck him. Get rid of him. She said she'd come over when she finished her shift around midnight that night. He shows up late that night, and she's like, great. This is it. Fucking, we're blowing the missiles. We're ending this. Now, he didn't really try to fight it, and... Basically how it all went down is he knew that it was coming, but he kept trying to push his hands down her pants and was asking her for sex while she's trying to end the relationship. I kept She says, I kept saying no and pushing his hands away, but he wouldn't stop. Then he started asking for sex. I was blown away. Here I am breaking up with him and he still wants sex. He said it was normal that we... Oh God! That he had had breakup sex with all of his girlfriends, and it was a thing during a breakup. I kept saying no and asked him to leave. He had to drive. He had to drive three hours back to his hometown that night, and it was getting late. Then he said, "I'm not leaving until you have sex with me." Ew! Ew. You fucking cock smoke.
1: This is where you pull out the rolling pin and start smashing his fucking grip Fucking head. grit ball.
0: Don't you know how to play grit grit ball? You put fucking hot grits on the stove, get them nice and boiling. 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 You play grit ball. You fucking throw hot grits in his face and then smack that motherfucker with a hot pan. God damn. I tell you what. What? You fucking put your fucking hands on me. I will defend myself with some grit ball. If this bitch, if you come home and this bitch is making grits, you better (laughs) mind your P's and Q's. (laughs) I will smack the fuck out of you like Florence from fucking Good Times. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Put your fucking hands on me. I will pull a Medea. Damn. No. No, ma'am. No. Here's where shit goes really south for K. And I super hate saying this out loud and I'm genuinely sorry for everything that happened to you. And I just want you to know that all of the little snippy giggles and shit like that Our our best attempt at fucking dealing with what we're reading. Quoting. I wanted it to be over so badly, so I said whatever. He took my pants off and got on top of me. The second his penis touched me, my body froze up and I started to pull away. I said, no, I don't want this. It feels wrong. Get off me. He grabbed me and pushed himself into me and held me down and started having sex with me. He wasn't having sex with you, sweetie. He was raping you. I started to cry and push on his chest, screaming, no, no, get off me, stop, stop it. I don't want any of this get off me. But he didn't stop. He put his hand on my head, turned it, and pushed my head down into the pillow to stifle the cries and the screaming and just kept going. I was trying so hard to get him off of me, pushing and kicking and hitting, but he didn't stop. He finished, relaxed his grip on me so I could run to the bathroom, locked the door, turned on the shower, and started breaking down. I heard a knock at the door, and he said, I'm leaving. I stayed in there for about an hour, and when he finally left the bathroom... When I finally left the bathroom, he wasn't there. I didn't have any bruises, and as much as I wanted to call the police, I didn't think they'd believe me. I thought they'd think I was just being a spiteful ex-girlfriend, and that I was making up the story just to spill on him and be spiteful. I still have nightmares almost every night, and I've suffered extreme PTSD because he was someone who was supposed to love and care about me, and he took everything from me. If I close my eyes, I can still feel exactly where his hands were. I can feel the pressure of him holding me down, I can vividly remember every feeling of fear and panic and horror I felt every day. I need a tissue. A tissue. I have, I... like,
1: full body chills. I can't even make words right now. Fuck you, Mitch. I, I hope you fucking listen to this. I hope people figure out who the fuck he is.
0: Oh, I hope he listens to
1: this. And all of his friends do, too.
0: Because you're a piece of shit. I hope somebody butt rams you. And you're you. a filthy motherfucker. And at the end of the day, I would like to put something in your asshole that is sharp and sandpapery. And then shank you in the wiener. And that wouldn't be one-tenth of the pain she felt or continues to feel.
1: Yeah, because she got three years of fuck, as well.
0: She got a lifetime. Oh, yeah. She got a lifetime of fucked up shit. Definitely. So I'm going to close this out and I'm going to read it word for word in Kay's words. I wanted to tell this story because abuse and violence don't always have to be physical and it doesn't start all at once and people who you thought were normal can turn out to be monsters he thought he owned me so he could do anything he wanted to me but he didn't it's taken me almost three years to undo all of the damage he did to me and like I said I still live with nightmares and wake up in panics some nights not knowing not knowing where I am or thinking he is there if someone touches me how he touched me, sometimes I go back to that moment. I was raped. But it wasn't in a dark alley by a stranger. It was by someone I'd shared my life with for three years, which is an entirely different kind of horror I never thought would happen to me. But now I'm in a different city, about to finish university. Congrats, baby girl. And move to the U.S. with my best friend. Fucking A. Come to Utah. <laughs> I, I will cook for you. Nikki will bake for you. You can snuggle my kitties. You can snuggle me. I got some pretty pretty sweet fucking kitties. I got some pretty sweet fucking kitties. And I'm fucking killing it. Good girl. While he is living in a shitty country town, unemployed, and to my knowledge, still at home. I am concerned, though, because he is dating a girl with the same name, skin tone, and hair color as me. And I think that's creepy. I worry... And I worry for her safety. But I can't drive myself insane... By taking on that burden as well as my own, I know this isn't a very bad survivor story. That's where you're fucking wrong. Yeah. So I totally get it if it's not what you guys were looking for, but I feel like part of the Color Me Dead family, and you fucking are. Fuck yeah. And I felt like sharing with you guys. Love. Kay. Uh, so let's let's, my let's fucking. Still? I know, dude. You're growing arm hair. I am. Let's I let's take a second because I know Kay's gonna listen to this. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you on your massive accomplishment with going to school. I think that's yeah, fucking incredible. Badass. And I'm very, I'm extremely proud of you. I've got a kid that's going into college here directly, and I know that it's hard, and I know that it's expensive, and so I just want to say out loud, fucking congratulations. You're amazing.
1: And that you didn't let all of this drag you down and not fulfill your dream of going to college.
0: And coming to the United States... I hope you find every dream you've been chasing for while you're here. But I want to tell you, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to read your story. And don't ever think that it's not finger quotes. Not much of a survivor story. Because what you went through is torture.
1: And had you not gone out, it might not have been a survivor story.
0: I don't think it would have been.
1: No, it might have been an ending. So... I mean,
0: survivor. Google, Google memory Rackley. Yeah, that's that'll fucking open your eyes. And so to you, I say, well done. And thank you. And yes. welcome to the United States.
1: So I printed out a few things on signs of abuse, signs of domestic
0: abuse. These signs of abuse come from a very local case. from memory rackley who was actually gunned down in the street with her eight-year-old son by a estranged boyfriend I don't even know what kind of a relationship they were in but I posted the link for
1: people to see and I pulled this off of the end of it so some of you may have already seen it but I wanted to put it in here just for anybody that thinks they might be going through it or just because you're five years in doesn't mean that it can't
0: It can't happen. It
1: can't happen, yeah. It it slowly creeps up on you and gets worse and worse.
0: Well, it's kind of like Tracy Thurman, dude. Like, Buck Thurman was fucking amazing to Tracy in the beginning. Yeah. And said all the right things, did all the right stuff, but same fucking thing. And then he ended up cutting her fucking throat and stomping on her and stabbing her in the fucking back. Like, these are things that people need to look for.
1: Yeah. So, if your partner insults, demeans, or embarrasses you with put-downs, if your partner controls what you do, who you talk to, or where where you go, if your partner looks at you or acts in ways that scare you, your partner pushes you, slaps you, chokes you, or hits you, your partner stops you from seeing your friends or family members, your partner controls the money in the relationship, takes your money or social security check, and makes you ask for money or refuses to give you money, your partner makes all decisions without your input or consideration of your needs, Your partner tells you that you're a bad parent or threatens to take away your children. Partner prevents you from working or attending school. Partner acts like the abuse is no big deal, denies the abuse or tells you that it's your own fault. Your partner destroys your property and threatens to kill your pets. Your partner intimidates you with guns, knives, or other weapons. Your partner attempts to force you to drop criminal charges. Your partner threatens to take their life or threatens to kill you. So we had another uh, survivor story sent in and it was an anonymous.
0: So we have a couple, we have a couple. So we're keeping everybody anonymous. If you hear your story and you feel like telling people that's yours, that is your business, but we will not release names of these stories. Here's one that we got via Facebook says I'm just going to
1: read it straight out because I have the damn flu and my brain is not working. So reading it might be a chore, let alone trying to actually tell it after I've read it. So I'm just going to read it. So don't fuck it up. Well, it all started when I was 16. We met and everything was great and happy. It was the best thing that happened to me at the time. We spent as much time as possible together. But once it came to my 18th birthday, that's when I should have seen the first warning sign when he pushed me across the room into the drawers where I hit my head and fell because I said something he didn't like. But he apologized and said it was because he was drunk and didn't mean to and it wouldn't have ha- and it wouldn't happen again which it didn't until after I had our son at 20, and that's when I was isolated from friends and family, and all I had was him and his family, but at the time, I didn't see what they were doing to me. I was forced to lose all the baby weight. I went from 56 kilograms down to 46 kilograms two weeks after giving birth. I had... I had to be thin. I had to have long blonde hair and live in hills pretty much. I was to be seen and not heard. His family tried to take my son off me and wouldn't let me out of the house unless they unlocked the doors or windows. The violence got worse and more frequent and he didn't care who knew in his family because as they were concerned it was my fault and I deserved it for not doing as I was told. I was so run down from having a newborn. My wee baby boy who I loved more than life itself. It was hard and I would be trying to rest but would be hit or pushed to get up and get him what he wanted when he wanted it. It started off with just a few hits on my arm so people couldn't see the bruises. Because I had a sleeve tattoo and he would deny anything because I was a lying slut to him. So it went on, not too horribly at the time. I would try not to set him off but it, but it would escalate over time where I would be thrown across the room by my hair into the wall, where I got my head split open, all in front of my baby in his bed. I was so scared of him when he became like that, because I loved him so much as well and wanted to stay, hoping it would stop. He would be forceful with rape fantasies playing out, and he would hire prostitutes for me to sleep with so that he could film it. He was obsessed with porn and would tell me I needed to act and look like them, and I wouldn't be hurt. Since I didn't, that was my punishment. All the while, his family knew he was hurting me, but never stopped hurting me. It came to his 21st birthday. We went away for the night to have a drink and have a good time, but that's when I thought I wasn't coming back home. We went out and had a good time, but once we got back to the hotel, he just started going off on me, how he would punch me so hard in my arms and my legs. I had the blackest bruises on my legs that hurt so much I could barely walk. I was on the ground crying, so he put me in the cupboard and said if I made a noise, I wouldn't be coming out after a while. So he opened it and pulled me pulled me out only to rape me on the floor and put a phone charger cord around my neck and strangle me. I don't remember anything apart from waking up the next morning so sore with a line around my throat where I was strangled. I must have passed out. I really thought I was never going to see my baby again. But he apologized. He brought me new clothes and, and shoes and jewelry just to spoil me for a while. But that didn't last long.
0: He put her in a fucking cupboard? I know. And took her out to rape her? Yeah. And then she wakes up with a cord around
1: her neck. Boxing day we were drinking in our own place with some friends and my family and my son was asleep in bed but he had rung his family saying we were having a party and it was out of control so they came over Straight in the door and down to my son's room where I was feeding him. They told me I was a horrible mother and didn't deserve him, so they were taking him because they were his parents now. But I was not letting that happen. I took my son into the room where my boyfriend shut the door and tried grabbing him from me. I held my boy, screaming and yelling for them to let him go. While I was being hit to let him go, his parents made it into the room where his dad had his hands around my throat so I couldn't breathe, just his mom pulling my hair and ripping my dress. I got a hand free and punched her in the face, kicked my boyfriend away, and my dad made it into the room and pulled his dad off of me so I could breathe. I got up with my son and tried to get out of the house, but they were trying to stop that. I ran outside screaming for help and got into a neighbor's house where the hair was falling out. My hair was falling out, my dress was ripped and falling off, and I had bruises galore. The neighbor called the police where his family and him were taken away for the night and was, and weren't allowed back for ten days as a police safety order was in place. It was for a good Jesus while. Jesus Christ. I know. I'm like imagining it as I read it. I know. I'm, I'm like, like, I'm envisioning fuck, it in my fucking That's why I just keep head. going. Oh, my God. It was a good while until he came home one night from work and came in. I woke up to him choking me, trying to. I tried to kick him off of me. He was holding me so hard, but I managed to get free, and and run to the lounge to call for the police. Where they came and took my statement and photos of my injuries. He was in the police car crying, saying he didn't do anything, but was taken away. A few days passed. He convinced me to take back my statement, which I tried, but I tried to but I couldn't as there was much evidence to support what he did he ended up going to court and being charged with male assault female times two and said I ruined his life with him having that charge and if I had behaved It wouldn't have happened to me. After that, I reached out to my family again, where when he was at work, I packed up as much of mine and my son's stuff into my car and my money I had been saving and made my way to my mom's house. I just broke down, but unaware he had finished work to follow me, saying he was going to kill me if I took his son away. But at that point, I wasn't afraid of dying if my my son was safe. Fuck. (laughs) I know. I can't. The police were called when he showed up to my mom's, but that didn't stop him. He would stalk me and call me nonstop, where he would leave cards and flowers wanting me back. But if I was stronger than I was, I wasn't giving in. I let him come see our son and take him for breakfast a few weeks later, because it had all settled down. He texted to say he was bringing our son back, and he was crying. I looked out the window because I saw him come up the driveway, only to see him slumped over in the driver's seat, and my son in the back seat screaming. So I rushed out to see him unconscious with pills everywhere and him unresponsive. So I immediately called an ambulance, which he was taken away to be in a coma for three days, which I was so much more broken at this point. I had to be strong for my son. So I got a lawyer and started working to get a protection order and full custody of my son. I won. My son is mine and he is safe and so am I now. I have my family and my friends and And the best partner now of three years who loves and respects me. I still have anxiety and PTSD and horrible flashbacks. But I made it out. And I hope that other women find the strength to do so as well. I thought I would die if I didn't get out. But I'm glad I did. Now I have a future of happiness to look forward to. Fuck. She said she's not in the same town as him anymore. Thank God. But he still tries to contact her. And he gets told to get the fuck right off. Because they're also British. He would always tell me we weren't. if we weren't going to stay a family, then he would make sure no one else would have me. Oh, my God. She's, she also says she's, she's scared of having it happen again. She can't believe it happened to her, as we, we all do. Say. And she also miscarried a second baby in 2014, and he said it was her fault because she was a whore. Losing that baby really messed with her, and he wasn't supportive at all. Fuck.
0: Fuck. I don't like it at all. No. And you guys have to understand that like when we read out some of these stories, like it takes a toll on us as well. And we deeply sympathize with all of our storytellers.
1: Yeah, that was awful. I read that one in October, I think, when Mm -hmm. she first sent it to us.
0: And And this one's coming. This one's coming from August. And like I said, you know, if you recognize your story and you want to come public and talk to people about it, that's completely up to you. If you do not wish to do so, we are keeping them 100% anonymous. Um, This one comes from one of our listeners. And uh, this one was sent to us in August. And I wanted to tell this at the meet and greet, but because of some of the content, um, we couldn't share it. Live it's not on a, Facebook. Yeah,
1: it's not a Facebook live friendly.
0: Nope. Story. Nope. None um, of them really are. But no, some are a little bit more PG thirteen, and some of them are just fucking out the gate like rated fucking R. This comes from one of our listeners, who we love, love, love. Basically, here's here's what goes. Here's what goes on. She said, I'm glad you ladies have taken the time to hear and share my story. It means a lot to me. This is how I remember these events, and I will present them in a more serious tone that I am used to. Welcome we to my life. You. Yeah. yeah. Could, we fucking get that. Uh, when I was freshly 18, I met my first husband. His name was Sam. He seemed nice and convinced me that he would always take care of me if I let him. While he did keep a roof over my head and groceries in the fridge, he slowly became more of an asshole than I bargained for. I used to be a very shy girl as I did, as I was told, without question. He took advantage of that and began restricting my food and I was only allowed to eat a certain amount every day, which led to him, by proxy, I'll explain this, by restricting her food until she became a vegetarian. I'm no longer a vegetarian, I'm too redneck for that. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) He would tell me that I was fat and that I was ugly and at 5'4", I weighed about 140 pounds. I would love to be 140 oh, pounds. Fun too. He wanted me under 100, but I managed 110. He had a multiple personality disorder, and I learned that when his pu- pupils would dilate and you couldn't see his irises, and he began to tap his right thumb, I should leave the room because he was fixing to start swinging. I was told afterward it was my fault for various reasons, and there was never an apology. We had a daughter together, and he was strict with her, but I never saw any cruel acts toward her yet. Oh. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh, this fucking story is god-awful. I know, I don't want it. It's bad. We lived in several states. He worked for different construction companies because he had warrants in different states. Now, because of this, they ended up settling in Chicago, and when their daughter was two, things got exponentially fucking worse. Now, from here, I'm just... I'm, i am I can't read it word for word because it makes me sick to my fucking stomach that somebody had to go through all of this... But I've read this three or four times, and I know the fucking story. They get to Chicago. Their daughter's two, and this is where everything goes to shit. Now, he said that he was going to be bringing in another woman, and if, he, if our listener didn't agree, that, you know, she would just kick him fucking out. Like, she, or he would kick her out. Like, you and your kid kick fucking rocks. He did bring in another woman. Jesus. He brought in a woman with a crack habit and seven other kids. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Seven. Seven fucking kids. And a dope habit. Oh, good. Yeah. So they would engage in threesomes nightly. This is like, oh, fuck. They would have threesomes nightly, which seemed like a good idea until this new woman started getting sick of her. So she would start making up stories to make Sam beat on our friend. And it got so bad that one night... He put the two-year-old daughter in the corner for reasons unknown, and for other reasons unknown, she, you know, the little baby was upset, and fucking dude jumped up and smashed little baby's face into the oh, fucking- Oh, no. Into the wall. Yeah. mm Our listener says, there was blood everywhere, and I was scared shitless. Luckily, he immediately walked out the door and left, and I called my dad to tell him what had happened and come pick me up. He drove from Arkansas to Chicago in less than eight hours. My dad pulled up in Chicago. Sam had come in and grabbed my daughter, Caitlin, and was trying to run with her on foot. I called my dad as I was chasing him, and it went to, as I was chasing Sam, and it went to voicemail. I didn't hang up as Sam turned and started wailing on me with my baby tucked under one arm. Jesus. My dad heard the whole thing and it was recorded on his voicemail. When my dad arrived, his presence scared my pussy of a husband and he retrieved his granddaughter. I had a diaper bag with a few of Caitlin's things in it and we left pretty much with the clothes on our back.
1: Because fuck things at that point.
0: Get out. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, but then... Oh, no. This story definitely takes a turn for the fucking worst. Mm. And it has nothing to do with shithead Sam. It moves into fucking Rubberhead Roy. Oh good. Yeah. Um, so about two years later, he she not he. About two years later, she meets a new man named Roy. He liked to play mind games and would wait until she was asleep and wake her up by putting a needle filled full of methamphetamines into her fucking arm and what dumping the plunger the into her. Fuck right, which obviously promptly wakes her fucking up, and admittedly, she says, I became a tweaker. No fucking kidding. Uh, Yeah. Like, and she, here's the thing, this listener is so fucking cool. She's like, I take full responsibility for my own actions. I don't blame him, blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. I do blame him. Like, you can't put a needle in somebody's fucking arm without consent and Plunge them full of fucking drugs and have you not respond to that in an addict's kind of a way. Yeah. While I fully appreciate the fact that you have full accountability for all of your actions, that guy is a fucking halfwit and deserves to be beaten within an inch of his life. Yeah. So. Right? Who fucking does that? God. Yeah. She admits that she began a drug problem. Obviously so. Yeah. Like, who's fucking not? Just so you know, to this listener... You'll know the story when you fucking hear it. I used methamphetamines from the time I was 16 until I was 23, 24. And cleaned up all on my own. I never stuck a vein for it because that I knew that if I ever did that, I would never come back. But that, when we talked about, like, one of our biggest regrets mm-hmm. as an adult, that would be mine. Yeah. Because I started using methamphetamines because I wanted to be skinny and I wanted to fit in. And I wanted... All of that so much that that's what I did. Never again. Mm-mm. Just stay fat. We like I need pizza. I liked the pizza. I like pizza and I like my teeth. Yeah. Yeah, which are slowly falling out of my face. Mine are too, and I didn't even use meth. <laughs> so she goes on to say how every time he would go to jail, she would clean up, get a house, get a job, get a car, because the last one got impounded. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she would rebuild her life, and he would fucking. repeatedly tear it back down. There were times when she would get stranded at a person's house because he would take her fucking car and disappear for fucking days on end. So she'd just be stranded at some fucking person's house while he fucking took her shit. So time after time after time, she would rebuild and he would suck her back in and tear it fucking down. No matter what happened, he would convince her to put money on his books and to come back. So I don't know what kind of devil dick magic this guy had. Once they get in your head, they're in your head. I know. And it sucks, but he did it to her repeatedly. Now, she says, Today, it sounds retarded, but this motherfucker made me believe that I was hearing shit and I was paranoid as hell. He convinced her that the yard gnomes were out together. Oh my god. Yes. He sounds splendid. I know. I'd love to meet him. He mm. sounds like such a great guy. Why don't you go fuck yourself with Mitch the bitch? Mitch the bitch, Roy Sam, and whatever the fucking cunt's yeah. name from the previous story, do not you all go fucking camping and swallow the Kool-Aid? Yeah. You fucking I'll make it for you. Let me get that for you. Mm-hmm. You like grape? I like great. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say, Jonestown. Shall we? <laughs> shall we do With the word Jonestown? Well, anything oh, Jonestown. We would do that. Me all right. Not once in the three years that they were together, not counting the times that they were in jail, did he. I have a roof over my head, running water, or even a toilet. I was constantly told how worthless of a cunt I was, no matter what I did, and what happened in life would t- what happened in life to me was all my goddamn fault. Of course it is. Of course. Why wouldn't it fucking be? Anytime I had a dollar in my pocket, I would be backed into a corner and intimidated until I forked it over. I wasn't allowed to have clothes of my own. I just wore his old clothes. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's how fucking shitty this dude was. But wait. There's, there's more. more. <sighs> I was told all the time how I smelled bad. I guess living under, under a bridge will fucking do that. Yeah. We moved to Florida, yep, Florida, to escape the warrant he had for violating his parole, which at this point I had rebuilt and lost everything four times. My own damn fault, but it's all material shit anyway. He told me before we left that we would let my daughter go to my parents here up in Arkansas while we set up. I agreed in hopes of a good life. As we get into Pensacola, the dog that he brought with us was taken to the pound because we didn't have a shot record and because Roy... Had some of that potpourri shit that the tweakers used to smoke. Oh, spice. Oh, I was like, I don't know what that is. I'll bet it was spice. He had it in his pocket. He conned me into going into the police station and have the, like, to sign the release for the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Which resulted in her getting a $4,500 warrant in the state of fucking Florida after the fact. We made it to Lakeland where we stayed with his dad until they got into it and Roy drugged me by the arm down the street to a place called The Compound. Just a bunch of tweakers and shitty ass RVs. All the while, he had been refusing to have sex with me. Okay, you guys, just so you know, this story takes a horrifying fucking turn. Right here. Right now. Right now. And, um, just brace yourselves because it's fucking filthy. Yeah. Horrifying is a simple, small word for it. And I'm so sorry to our listener. All the while, Roy had been refusing to have sex with me, but he would either yell and scream until I walked out or incapacitate me so he could jack off for hours on end. He had a bad problem about going soft two minutes in. The only time he would let me touch me is if I fisted his asshole.
1: No, I don't want
0: to. Seriously fisted. I would usually be told something to make me cry so I would submit to it. There was a 15-year-old boy that lived next door in an RV and his name was Davey. One time I was locked inside the bathroom of the RV because my presence distracted Roy's whack-off section. Se- oh my god, session He put a half-sized refrigerator and a roll-around snap toolbox full of tools in front of the door so I couldn't get out. He must have forgotten about me because he and Davey disappeared for about three days. He let me out when he came back just to get high, break some windows because I didn't answer the phone when he called, which was left in the living room. Oh, my God. After he locked her in the fucking bathroom. And it's his fault that she can't answer the fucking phone. Right. At some point, I was punched in the back of the head, and when I woke up, I had no idea where I was or how long he was gone. I don't know how many days later he showed back up and picks me up. I am pissed. Rightfully fucking so. They had cut the exhaust off my car, spray-painted racing stripes on it, installed fog lights, and wired everything up backwards. So we get pulled over, and he goes to jail. I hop on a Greyhound bus back to Arkansas. My parents say, you can't stay here. Oh, God. And they served me with papers to take guardianship of my daughter. I go to rehab, I get a house, job, car, and all the while, Ro- Roy has been brainwashing me into writing him daily commissary of $100. No, weekly commissary of $100. I was
1: going to say, shit,
0: that's expensive. No.
1: It still is, $100 a week. Is still $400 expensive. a month.
0: Mm-hmm. Fuck. Uh, the same bullshit I'd been falling for all the while. He gets out, same cycles, drugs, saying mean shit, convincing me I'm crazy, taking my money, and locking me in bedrooms and closets for days at a time. I wanted to kill myself. I'd been cutting myself, but that wasn't making me feel better anymore. <sighs> when he was gone, I had a 22 pistol, and I loaded the clip. I put it to my head, and I squeezed the trigger. Click. Squeezed again. Click. I squeezed the trigger three times against my head, and it clicked every time. Confused, I pulled the gun away and pointed it at the. Oh. Confused, I pulled the gun away and I pointed it at the ceiling as I squeezed my trigger. Bang! Oh, fuck. Blew a hole in the roof. I took that as a motherfucking sign. I'm not religious. I'm not religious by any means. If I classify myself as anything, it's going to be a Wiccan. He ended up going back to prison, leaving me stranded in the woods without any shoes or anything. Well, an older couple I had met. And done jobs for. They live on a farm but can't do all the work because of disability, so that I could stay there until I found my feet. I saw how terrible my life had been, and this was the first time in years I'd felt air conditioning. Whoa. The first bed I'd seen in years, and by God, the first fucking contraption they had a fucking contraption that to this day I've never seen another, and I still don't know how to work it, but it's called an electric can opener. <laughs> Nobody knows how to work those fucking things. Oh my god, this is so fucking intense. (sighs) I finally got divorced. Have my daughter every other weekend. She's about to turn nine and smart as a whip. I own two unique antique Chevrolet trucks. We own goats, chickens, rabbits, a cat, and a fish. Got me a 12 gauge and a 308. I'm still living with these people on this farm and I feel safe. 40 acres so far in the woods, it feels like deliverance locked behind a gate. I'm sorry this is so long. Don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. You're you're fine. And there's more bullshit that goes along with the Roy story. But I was so high, I don't quite remember everything in chronological order. Thank you so much for for allowing me to share. No, fucking thank you. Yeah. It ain't much. It's not much. It's
1: horrible. It's It's fucking, it's a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. But it made me into who I am today. Sam has contacted me on Facebook a year or so ago, but I blew it off. I continually have to block Roy when he makes a new profile. I'd have to say, if I ever ran into them again, I'd kill him. Bitch, I'll help you fucking do it. Uh-huh. Call me. Um, I'll get my shoes. We can do it with an electric can opener. I'll show you how to use it. I won't. Thanks so I li- can't <laughs> use them. <laughs> Thanks so much for letting me share. I'm so sorry it's long. If you want to use it in a minisode, you can use my name and any name I mention. I don't mind it being posted on Facebook, but it may be a bit long for that. Y'all are awesome the geninator. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then if she wants to, I don't, I know that she, I know you gave us permission, but that's a lot to handle. Yeah. Cause that's mental, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Everything. Like of the utmost fucked up kind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I'm glad you're doing better. Me too.
0: Me too. And you know what? You're on my team for the apocalypse because you can do some shit I can't do. So that wraps up kind of our Survivor Series for today. Um, We're going to have more on the 10th for the meet and greet. If you guys want to donate to our Patreon,
1: you can go... Patreon.com backslash Color Me Dad podcast.
0: And we're looking at new perks every day. We're getting those taken care of, getting new graphics so that we can do lanyards, water bottles, all kinds of fun stuff. I'm so excited
1: to get all those in. So excited! Tom made us a new one for the water bottles. I can't wait to show you. Oh, goodness. We will be getting water bottles with this freaking
0: cool, creepy little thing. Um, Also, if you want to get some of our merch, you're going to have to check us out at Threadless.
1: It's colormedeadpod.threadless.com. And you can also get us uh, a little bit at Redbubble. Redbubble.com backslash people backslash color me dead. If you want to donate, if you can't come to our meet and greet and you really want to donate to the victim's advocacy,
0: it's www.aedv.org. And um, make sure that they know that your donation is done on behalf of color me dead. Yes. 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 Yes um so how about this stay strong keep being badass yeah and fuck th- bitches like mitch the bitch fuck mitch the bitch and stay, stay out, out of the chalk, chalk lines, lines. goodbye, goodbye.